0: I could go out, I could take my team, and I could go play the Corona Angels, the Firecrackers, and uh, Dave Mercado's team all in one day, three games in a row. And what people don't understand is my players see the best pitching in America every time they step to the plate, every time. So instead of looking at just medium pitching, we're looking, people that are championship caliber players at all times so you have to
1: raise if you want more power better vision and a bulletproof mindset then i would like to welcome you to cg plus complete games online player development center now baseball and softball players of all ages and skill levels can access a multimedia experience providing education and instruction on your personal mobile platform Rob Cruz has put together an online video portal, a remote hitting program, as well as a series of online hitting courses boasting a curriculum that features pitch recognition strategies, power, video analysis, mental skills, and then some. For more info, log on to www.cg.plus. That's www.cg.plus to find out how you can complete your game today.
2: Welcome to the Transcending Sport podcast with Rob Cruz, an audio experience bringing you interviews, conversations, and more from some of the most intriguing personalities in the sports world. And now, your host, Rob Cruz. How you doing, everybody? This is Rob Cruz. The podcast is Transcending Sport. My guest is Mike Stiff. He is the founder of STC in Anaheim, California, and the ATU coach for the OC Batbusters. Mike, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> something a little bit, we've changed the conversation a little bit from what's been going on. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Give, give people a little bit of, a little bit of something to, to think about other than take a little break, you know? So, yeah. um, I wanted to, I wanted to just kind of introduce you to for people who don't know who you are, um, and people who know who you are, but just kind of don't know much about you. Um, Uh Just kind of find out um, how you got involved in in the game of softball, in the sport of softball.
0: (laughs) Well, like most people, I started with my daughters playing in recreation coaching, but Mm -hmm. it goes back further than that. My my dad was, uh, and my uncle were president of Whittier Girls softball back in the early 70s. I grew up on the softball field. Um, My sisters played. Um, it was a huge part of our lives Not to the commitment level of what people do now Because I wasn't really travel ball then But uh, um, it was a big part of our lives And uh, some of the people that I knew Then I still know now And uh, are, are kind of uh, Connected to the Batbusters In diff- different aspects mm-hmm. But uh, been around it my whole life
2: Yeah, it seems that It seems that the people who are The gifted ones is kind of handed down It's not like a family thing yeah. Well, it's
0: those things, that the things you observe when you're not really um, engaged, you know, when you're a, a, a young kid and you're around the field all the time, it's mm-hmm. amazing how much you pick up when you're not necessarily thinking that you're paying attention, but uh, it happens that way, and it's, uh, it became a passion, and then when my daughters came of age, we got involved in rec, and one thing led to another, and um, uh, like most people, we left the all-star program out of Chino and um created tough enough um which was uh my original team back in the 90s and they did very very well we had a good group of kids um and then um lo and behold um things progressed through i spent a year or two with the with the cruisers and then uh, uh went back to gary henning i've been with Garrett since
2: 2003 yeah i was, I was gonna ask you how, how'd you get over to oc Batbusters and because i know that that person was founded in 1979 which i did not know that until i was researching for this this, this interview yeah um yeah and back then i'm obviously the ball was white
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was like that my first couple of years with tough enough it got changed in the late 90s but uh, yeah. um what i did was um actually i can tell you my team uh, it was called tough enough mm-hmm. uh was very very good and gary and i were actually going to merge our two teams after nationals in 2000 Mm -hmm. Uh, we had won uh 16 and under and we had won our third national championship in four years we were doing real well um and you know he had just talked to me about uh, bringing my team over and and, but it, it just and becoming baa busters, and it, it changed. Something happened, you know. Back then, you know, you got to deal with different issues that pop up, and he decided not to. Mm-hmm. Well, um, he ended up, you know, getting a couple players off my team that were, you know, Dominique Lestraps and mm-hmm. Candace Baker, and for people that have been around long enough, know those are very good players. Oh
2: yeah, <laughs> um, that, uh,
0: that, that played the game real well,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and, uh, and 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 so I kind of sheltered down a little bit played, um, two seasons with the cruisers while my daughter got recruited and went through that process. But it was just obvious that, um, the thought of talking in 2000, um, and even in 1999 for some time, um, Gary and I looked at things, um, the same. There was many aspects that we, we agreed upon. Um, our styles were a little different, but, uh, um, it ended up coming back when in nationals um, up in uh, we were in Oregon I think that year, um, the Batbusters had won. They were winning the nationals, and Gary reached out to have me come back, and uh, it was just a good match. Um, I coached for Gary um, for seven years, mm-hmm. and uh, and just did my thing. And in that time frame, uh, PGF was built. Um, surf cities was built Mm -hmm. um there was a lot of things softball wise that um, gary had going on and and i was taking advantage of dealing dealing with great kids um you know uh, that group of kids that came through there the likes of monica harrison and katie schroeder and and francesca Inea. we had some really good players that we that i kind of as much as you teach you learn from yeah, um, and I think that uh, the ability to learn from good players, and as you know, you know Andrea Duran, she was yeah. involved with the Batbusters. She can give you a little more information. She was around at that time when mm-hmm. she was actually going to come and play for me, and then we went to we were going to go to Batbusters, and she was involved in that time frame. But uh, um, it, it just played out as it probably should have. We ended up uh, together um, in 2003. Yeah. I coached with him all those years and just kept my mouth shut, grinded away and, and, and learned. And, uh, in 2010, um, I decided to, um, form a younger team. It was time for me to go back, um, to run my own team. Gary kind of knew it at that time. We both agreed to start another team. And so I went out and recruited, um, Amanda Lorenz, Sydney Romero, Alyssa Palomino, Kaylee Carlson, Janelle Wheaton, um, Folly Avu—you know, kids that became um, household names around everybody—that they all came off of one team. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> and 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 so we we put all these kids together, and I mean, we had our infield in was Delaney Spaulding and Sydney Romero and oh, and, and uh, all these kids, and and, and they. They just took off. Obviously they played real well. Um, They were in the national championship game four years in a row. They won three of them. Um, They uh, just allowed me to grow even more. And um, then in 2013, Gary decided to, you know, there was an issue where he didn't want another team. We ended up making Team Mizuno for two seasons. We came back to the Batbusters after it grew and was successful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it all plays out as it should. There's ripples in the road, and you could, I'm I'm sure you talk to your hitters about this all the time, that Mm -hmm. if you think it's going to go as planned, it's like the issues we're in now socially, uh, if you think things are going to go as planned think again um it's not and you got to learn how to adjust adapt Mm -hmm. um it played out to where um we went back to the bat busters and we formed the organization of the orange county bat busters mark campbell and i worked with gary and we built this thing up now and um from uh my first little team out of rec to now there's 122 bat buster teams around the country we we keep ourselves real busy um and, and And get to meet a lot of neat people in different regions of the country doing this mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 you know you get to watch and enjoy the performances of a
2: lot of these players and it's been it's been real rewarding. yeah, that's crazy. So I um, you know I'm just I've always been intrigued by the state of California uh, <laughs> being being the mecca of softball, which it just is. Um, and why? Why there are so many, you know, I, I always say to people that California is to softball what Latin America has been to baseball f- for so long. Yeah. And, and putting out so many players over such a, a, a consistent long period of time that have no one, one the mindset, which, which is probably the most important thing, um, the work ethic, the, the talent, the coaching, the abilities, the um, why though what's the difference i mean i'm curious i'm curious and i'm sure my listeners are curious why is it because people people would say oh well they get to play all year round but that's not it no that's not it no that's
0: not it that's not it it's um i i i credit um several different things the competitiveness of the coaches is the one thing and when you have um a concentrated area with a bunch of competitive coaches um and, and ultimately, this breeds from the fact that there's more people here, there's better weather. It's a confluence of many events, mm-hmm. but the competitiveness of the coaches is what brings out that that drive um, to work hard, um, the commitment to be really, really good. Um, what a lot of people don't understand, and they 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 see it, but they can't relate to it. So on a weekend, I could go out, I could take my team, and I could go play the Corona Angels. The firecrackers and uh, Dave Mercado's team, all in one day, three games in a row. And what people don't understand is, my players see the best pitching in America every time they step to the plate, every time. So <laughs> instead of looking at just medium pitching, it, it, it's, it's we're looking at people that are championship caliber players at all times. So you have to raise your bar, kids. I, you know, a couple weeks ago, I was in Colorado. A few weeks before that, I was in New Jersey. And I look at the kids. I look at the kids' physical makeup, especially in Colorado with my teams there. They physically are the same. They, um, we lift more, we we have advanced the weight room more. There's a lot of um, aspects of that that we've advanced to a different level. But nonetheless, when I look at the girls, they're the same. And I, I know that if we were to go to a region and take a group of younger kids and get people, so what I would need is the parents to just, I, I'd have to have a meeting when the kids who are all 11 or 12 and just say, listen, you're not, you, you can come in and say hi and, you know, I can communicate with all of you. But if you don't like what we're doing, you're either in or out <laughs> because that's the biggest thing. The guys here are intense, man. If people had to deal with somebody like Marty or myself or or Dean Fawcett or Dave Mercado, if they had to deal with these coaches, a lot of parents around the country would be taking a, taken aback by the approach. Mm-hmm. But it's the demand to get better. They see us screaming and yelling or pushing and demanding, and they say, "Well, I no, my I can't believe this guy's out of his mind." No, our kids, our kids, they get it. Our kids are all in. They can take it. They understand the reason why. They understand the approach, but people around the country look at it as if we're crazy people, and it's not. <laughs> we're just passionate, and the kids know that. And, and I think they feed off of that. It's,
2: it's funny because I think that's that's culture. That's California culture. Yep. I, I, and and yep. it's funny because I when I when I first the first time I ever went to the West Coast was when you remember Maddie Coon, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. So she was playing at Stanford. She was a freshman. And she was in the Mary Nutter, uh, Mary Nutter tournament. I
0: had to play against her when she was on the Shamrocks.
2: <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, you remember her. Yeah, she was. Oh, yeah. She was yeah. A, she's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm in softball, as, as a matter of fact. <laughs> she's the, she's the well, reason they why.
0: Us. They beat us in, uh, in Salinas. Mm-hmm. They beat us. The Shamrocks
2: beat us. They won nationals that year. Yep, that was the ASA. Yep, ASA goal. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I so I, I get out to California. I'm watching her play. And I, at the same time, I'm educating myself on the game of softball and watching mm-hmm. all these teams these great teams with these great players and I'm I, and I said the same thing you just said I said physically they're the same but the mm-hmm. me, the mental toughness and the, the the emotional resilience of these girls are just mm-hmm. way different than their east coast counterparts other parts of the country that counterparts and uh-huh. and that has to be attributed to what the, you know where they came from which was travel ball So travel ball high yeah. level travel ball is feeding those programs high level travel now the, now the definition of high level travel ball has changed significantly now it's a little bit different than it was okay. you know back then but california has still and and, I, and what you said about the about the the fact that you can do do a, a weekend and play all the top teams in the country without even leaving the state without even leaving the the, yep. the, the, the county <laughs> yeah. um you know, as, as I was always, 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 I'm always been saying to people, I've been saying that I feel like the California teams have never really fully bought in to the showcase model. They, they um. they've maintained they've maintained the 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 competitive uh, play to win, full seven inning model, not the drop not, not necessarily the drop dead hour and ten. You know, when people go to, if, if if most teams are going to ten showcases, the California teams are probably going to five or six.
0: I, I can tell you, Rob, that yeah. from um, from a distance,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, that may seem true. Mm-hmm. It has affected us to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, the the recruiting rules being changed to juniors is the best thing that's happened <laughs> in a while. I believe so. Um, I have kids on my team that are juniors that are not recruited that will be all Americans in college that if they were recruited they would have undershot where they would have gone Mm -hmm. and now they're getting the chance to actually blossom. Yes. Um, I have never played a game, never coached a game, never been involved in a game in many years now where I worried about the showcasing of a player. And there are parents that may be mad at that or disagree with that. Oh my God, the college we want to go to is here. I, 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 that college is going to appreciate that your daughter's on a team that is being pushed to the limit, and that will attract like-minded colleges. And that's what has played out. Yes. Um, in 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 these people try to showcase a team. When it's all false, to me, uh, the term showcase is almost an insult to a college coach. If you have a good college coach, um, don't insult them by going and Trying to sell them a player, they know what they're looking at, they know exactly, exactly. what they're watching um, exactly. they what what you say doesn't matter to them very much until it gets into the emotional state of the kid and how the kid treats your family and all that kind of stuff but uh yeah. um what they're seeing as a player they they know what they're looking at, so we've never done that i just I just play, we just play games, we train, we teach. Um, if we're in a week where we're working on different things, when we go play the games that weekend, it could be a showcase tournament, quote, unquote, but if we're playing five games, um, we're going to win. Tim Walton told me one time, he goes, he asked me, he goes, are there, are there white lines on the field? And I said, yeah. And he says, then it's a game. <laughs> 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 and it's on. <laughs> and so it, 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 uh, it, we've never done that. And I think that you're right to a certain extent, but it has affected our younger age group kids coming up through the ranks and it takes a little bit of time to shake that off
2: them. So, so last summer, I, I went out to California and I hadn't been in a while. It was really good to get out there. And I went to mm-hmm. a PGF 10U event. A PGF 10U okay. event. Crazy. I, Crazy. So, so let me <laughs> just tell you, let me just tell you. I had just gotten back from spending some time with the with the down in houston texas with the scrapyard scrapyard team and I, yeah. had, I had taken the scrapyard do some technology and some some assessments and stuff in different aspects of of, of hitting and mm-hmm. so i get i get back home i get i went back to new york then i i flew straight to california and met up i, I went out there with a georgia impact 10 u team and it was a team that yeah. we, it was it was, a, it was a team that we pretty much just kind of threw together shout out to jason yeah. gusayev shout out to jason um, we just kind of threw a team together and with different kids from around the country we had a couple of practices played a couple of warm-up games and we felt we had a pretty it, they were talented we went out there and i was let me just tell you i, I we, we played against 10 u teams that had pitchers that were throwing six seven innings straight spotting yeah. balls spotting up slap defenses go, kids going into slap defense on their own Listen, this is ten u, and, and I know, and, and it was yeah. actually a batbuster team that I'm talking about right now. Did first, and third, okay. first and third, first and third, first and third, and you know how kids just kind of want to walk the second base? Yeah. No way! First and third, they had set plays. They were throwing the ball down to second, getting the girl out at, at um, second, and then keeping the runner at third. I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> what is happening? And 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 so I'm, I'm on a plane. I'm like, did I just witness this? So, And it goes back to the whole mindset thing But let me just say that in the coaching thing And and learning the game the right way The the time that you and I spent um, Even though it was a short time uh, Recently in Wisconsin Yeah um, The way that you are able to break the game down And structure the practices So that they're not boring But the kids are getting a feel for what for the context of a game in practice. So walk us through that. Like wh- what is it? What is does OC bat versus team practice look like and how much do you guys practice and how long is a practice?
0: Well, it, it, it varies. Um, mm-hmm. I'm one to promote, um, like we're never on the, on the field for more than three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and people often think that, you know, we're out there, they hear, well, there's eight-hour practice and stuff like that. Um, it's a proven fact that the, the, the youth mind is not going to pay attention for eight hours, so people could stay out there as long as they want. But uh, <laughs> right. um, what we do, um, a typical Saturday for my team is um, we lift. Our weightlifting program, our um, speed and agility program is unmatched. What we do is a different level. Um, the kids... Go in on a saturday morning at 9 a.m um they'll lift for about and their workouts are about an hour and a half um and then they'll drive to the field and then we'll practice for three hours mm-hmm. um and it's it so i was always taught rob i um I, I coached at st paul high school i was a football coach and it's a parochial high school it was every practice plan was scripted everything was timed everything was efficiently done because when you're with when you're beating heads on the football field, you only have so much time to execute so many drills. So you can only do so many things in situations. Mm-hmm. So I have modified that obviously to softball, but you you have to do so many things a day to make sure that you're moving forward to the next day. And so I have been taught that intensity of practice, players play like coaches um, coach. coach. Mm. So when we go out on the practice field, it's on, it's, it's, and it's an intense three hours. Everything from the time they start stretching to warming up is criticized. It's critiqued to the point where they understand they gotta do it better. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we, we have them on the field for three hours. There's usually an hour to an hour and a half of what we would call every day, the, the, the routine fundamental drills that we do every single day, from short hops to running the bases. That's something that we do every single day. Um, and then we'll go into situational play. We go into a lot of reps. We do a lot of situational things, but everything's timed, so we're not standing around um, looking at the airplanes flying in the sky. It's, uh, it's an intense three hours, so when they leave, they know they got something done. And then the next day, if we come out on Sunday, there's no weight room, we won't go two days in a row, but we'll go out and we'll work on a, a completely different aspect, broken up into that same time frame of three hours, and then they're gone. I don't get them during the week as a team. We get them individually. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the kids come in to hit, some of them multiple times. Um, some of them will come in to do fielding. I run fielding workouts on Mondays. So mm-hmm. they'll they'll come in and field. And it, here again, it's the, the repetition. And, and it's indoors. And here people think, well, you're outside all the time. No, I get as much done indoors as anybody does outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certainly different aspects on the dirt that are better. Um, but what we reproduce on the turf for their feet and what they're doing with their hands is unmatched. And mm-hmm. and so we push them through that. Those kids... Here again, people ask, well, you got to get your kids to come to practice. No, I don't. I don't need to tell them to do anything. You know, um, I have five kids on my team going to Oklahoma next year. You think they're going to take it easy while they get ready for college? No, they know. They walk in there. They want to compete and be successful right away. Mm-hmm. So they... It's the self-awareness and the demand that they put on themselves is what makes this unique. And it's the culture that's been created over, you know, 35, 40 years of the Batbusters. When these people walk in, they know what's expected of them. And they know what's going to be expected of them at Arizona or at Florida or at Oklahoma. So when they come in, there's a, they get it. They, they know what they want to do and who they want to be. So me pushing them, it's simple. It's simple. It's like, you know, it's like driving the BMW. You can get in it, and it works pretty well. You know, <laughs> you step on that gas, you're gonna get, you're gonna get a response, and huh. that's the way these people are. They, um, the players, the demand of their, uh, of themselves, their own expectation is what makes this thing possible.
2: It, it seems like it transcends talent. That's funny. I was talking to um, Lisa Fernandez. the... Oh, uh-huh. Uh, when I, I was at a PGF This summer And uh, We had a chance To talk a little bit And she said I, I said Well you know You just won a championship And your entire team Was Came from one state Except With the exception Of one player Julie Rodriguez Which is yeah. one, one of my kids yeah. From here in Jersey I'm like You just want From one state You don't want to recruit For anywhere else She's like Well wow we do But they don't want to come I'm like What? Are you kidding? Of course they want to come yeah. <laughs> So like you know, I'm still the the whole California thing is still intriguing to me because I, the mentality, the mindset. How do you get the parents? How do you get the parents to back off and let you be the coach, your way? Um, how, how do you get them to buy into that, or are they are they coming there bought in? Is there a vetting system? Do you do you kind of already know the kind of family you want to create? Oh, I mean, yeah. obviously, how does that? How do you do that?
0: Um, there is a vetting system, and it's done that. Um, you know, um when mark and i would would get these kids so in my training facility um i do lessons all the time i have workouts going on i have other instructors in there working Mm -hmm. um anytime we could have a hundred kids in there any hour working out whether they're lifting pitching hitting um doing fielding or um in the weight room and i have been trained to watch i pay attention i watch when um when girls come in, does their dad carry their bag? Um, how hard do they work? Are they the person that's going to do nine reps instead of ten? I watch all this stuff, right. and I watch them and in the, in their demeanor and how they approach their work. You can watch a kid, whether they're 10, 11, or 12 years old, you can see the drive in them, and those are the ones I latch on to. And so the, the betting process comes into, you know, I'll start pushing them along a little bit um, through – um, different means of talking to them while we're working out. Um, I go to their practices. I participate in our one of our 12 under teams, a few of our four teams. Um, I see these kids, and you just find the kids that have that desire to be good. And it doesn't mean they're the best hitter at the time. But it doesn't mean they're the best pitcher. They have something inside of them that is unique, and you watch their competitiveness. Um, and it happens over a long period of time. So when the time these kids are working as 10 and under kids, I watch them and their parents may not know it. They may not know that, you know, every time they come in, I watch the fact that they bring their bag in, you know, parent, the dad brings the bag in. It drives mm-hmm. me nuts. Mm-hmm. I watch, um, you know, does the kids show up 15 minutes early and go in and roll out and, and just kind of lock in and get prepared. I watch that kind of stuff yeah, and, yeah. and you just learn a lot. It's here again, it's the culture. It's if they want to be, um, who that other person was you know mm-hmm. um, there's a big you know Sierra played for us and when Sierra Romero played for Mark Campbell when she was young she was a little tiny kid she and and now there's a picture of her up on the wall in our in our, in our facility you know and, and and so it's it's you watch the demeanor the demeanor of these people is what attracts you to them and so it happens at an early age and we start latching them on and we'll build them on a team by the time they're in, in eighth grade, we have started to form a team. We have started to put a group of kids together, and we'll start moving them through. So mm-hmm. we do differently than a lot of people. Most organizations put a bunch of players on one team to be successful. We have kind of changed that model a little bit over the past four or five years. We spread the kids out. Um, and this sounds odd. I, I, I don't, I don't want to say I don't care. But winning at 14s or 12s is not my biggest importance.
2: Um, <laughs> I'm, I gl- them, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I want them to have more reps. I'm I, really I need glad, those yeah. good catchers to be catching and playing third or first or whatever, mm-hmm. but I need them to have more at-bats and more reps mm-hmm. instead so we spread them out. And I have the, the coaches to do that, so I can put them on multiple teams, spread them out. Um, last year, um, you know, I took Mark's team to Nationals and we ended up in the top 10. We had kind of a, um, a, a a team that needed some some. there was other people that we could have used but I keep thinking okay if, if we'd have merged all of our 14 new kids on one team they'd have done pretty well And it's it, but yet look at the reps those kids all got. Several of them played in real high caliber games and got more reps so it was more beneficial and that's just how we do it. Other people do it differently but yeah. that's just how it's worked for us.
2: So Obviously, you've been around. I've been around a little bit, but we've we've witnessed we we've witnessed the evolution of the game of fast pitch softball. Yeah. And it's and now it's it's evolving so much faster than it than it has. It's like every yeah. every year or even sometimes less than that, we we we, we make a quantum leap in some yeah. fashion. Um, with how the culture of the game just changes, the NCAA rules might change, the way travel ball is is done may change formatting wise or whatever. Um, so now we have technology technology has, has become really a staple in how we well how most people are looking at things and looking at the game and how we can get more information about what athletes are doing in, in, in the assessment phase of, of training um how how are you and or the batbusters employing technology um, these it, days
0: it, it, it's hard. It's hard, Rob, and I'll mm-hmm. tell you why. We we don't get to spend hours and hours and in, in, for instance, like um, we a lot of our kids um, use the Blast Motion sensors, and mm-hmm. they're um, a great tool. Um, there are some of the kids do different uh, whether they're doing vision training and that, and a lot of the technology that's available, they use it. Mm-hmm. The problem for us in lies with I I'm not with them enough. Mm-hmm. I I can't I can't engage with them to such a degree to where I can start breaking down their swings on a monitor I can't um, Because there's just not enough time in the day right. um, <clears throat> so I have often um, Spoken to um, the blast people about the the quality of their product what they have is Incredible, mm-hmm. I just have trouble for me personally monitoring it and teaching it and expanding upon it where I look at, um, you know, obviously, um, whether it's Florida, some of these people use this technology and they have people to break that stuff down. They mm-hmm. have people to monitor it. You, you're not running an organization. You're working with hitters all over the country. Mm-hmm. And so you can delve into it to much greater degree because that's what you do. Right. Um, I I think there's a huge benefit, and I think that the the big benefit of what is happening with technology and strategy of softball is um, more baseball people are playing it, more baseball people are coaching it, and um, they tend to strategize more, and it has introduced a whole different level of gamesmanship in our game, which has improved it greatly. Mm -hmm. It makes winning much more difficult. Um, it makes being good much more difficult but it sure is fun to coach because you can integrate different things and technology is one of them that have advanced our game and I think that it's something that should be embraced I think that it's something that um, in the right environment people need to use it the kids when they're when you have the ability to monitor it and and w- learn from it it's it's incredible stuff there's vision training there's um, working on your your swing planes and swing plane efficiency, things like that, that were not realized several years ago. I don't know. Sometimes, you know, I I go back. I use Francesca N.A. a a lot as a a (laughs) reference when, you know, she was a younger kid. Mm -hmm. And Gary Henning, one time I was in the cage with Franny, and I'm trying to get Franny to hit the ball to right field, and Gary sat there shaking his head at me, and he goes, why are you doing that? I go, well, you know, I'm trying to do that. You know, I was all... I'm trying to get this. I'm trying to get her inside the ball. He goes, "Don't do that. Just let her hit the ball to left field. Just don't mess <laughs> with her swing. Just, just let her hit." And sure enough, that's who it was. That's who she is. That's you who know, she, is. she just swings. There's no, there's no technology that's available for the unbelievable, uncanny sense to hit. Right. And so I, I take all of this stuff and I, and I use it, but I look at it and it still doesn't change the God-given ability for somebody to see the ball and hit it. And so I'm careful with technology. Mm -hmm. I pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. I look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't submerse myself in it because I don't want it to cloud my judgment of who that player really is. Can there things that we can improve upon each player? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, it's a great tool, um, and I think it's necessary. And I think it's a great part of the advancement of our game, but it's not something that I'm submersed in. I got too many other, <laughs> I, got, I got 10 and under teams and 12 and under teams and, and, and people in Georgia that need some things and mm-hmm. people in New Jersey. And so there's a lot going on. It's just tough to take care of. But as an individual player and an instructor, I think it's a great tool. And I think that it's it's gonna help advance our sport to
2: even greater heights. That's, incre- that's great. So what's up? Coming, what's coming up next? Uh, anything new and exciting in, in the uh, OC, in the OC world?
0: I tell you, um, Rob. You know, I've uh, the way things are going right now, only God knows how this is going to play out. Mm-hmm. Um, we are uh, we're sitting at home. I do think that at some point the summer schedule is going to be affected by this this mm-hmm. whole virus issue. Um, you know, we are in California and everybody's at home. My kids are at home. They, you know, they're 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 taking classes online and and uh, nobody's at school the softball season was canceled it's uh, it's an odd time so what's going to happen next I to be honest with you this is the first time in a long time I could tell you I have no idea um, uh, we're you know we're geared up um, our team is um, solid we got a good group of kids um, they're a lot of seniors um, they've been through the program since you know Robert Young brought them in as, as younger kids and ten and under, mm-hmm. and so they're they're a good group of kids. Um, how it plays out in the summer, sometimes you never know. Our game is odd sometimes, <laughs> s- s- serious, serious. <laughs> and, and that's what makes it intriguing. That's what why we keep coaching it. But uh, I, I just don't know. It's an interesting time right now. Um, I'm uh, I'm anxious to get on the field. I haven't seen my kids in a while because of the virus, but. Uh, Um, You know, we'll see how the summer plays out. I'm sure it's going to be changed. I'm sure the summer is going to be different. I'm sure teams aren't going to travel as much um, or if at all. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll be interesting for the the powers that be to set up the structure of tournaments and what plays out in the summertime. But I'm sure it's going to be different. It's going to change. So we'll see what happens.
2: Well, we are definitely hopeful and prayerful. And we know that we know how to adjust. (laughs) So, yep. We'll just do we a whole lot of adjusting, we and we will, we will, you know, get used to whatever we have to get used to, and make it work. You know, that's, that's what yeah. we do. Creativity, yeah. support, yeah. um, co- uh, cooperation is gonna be necessary, yeah. and I think we can pull it off. We'll be we'll be, we'll be good. Um, I really yeah. want to thank you for coming on the show. If you want to close with anything, or if you want to just let everybody know if, you, if they wanted to send you an email, or find you know find out mm-hmm. a little more about Batbusters and what, what you're doing over there at STC in Anaheim. How do do you get this, Rob? Mm -hmm.
0: You you had asked me about some culture things, and and I can tell you if people, um, you know, are this series. We've been working on a series um, that's called um, um, it's uh, what a friend of mine, Lou Simon, has been shooting um, all this all these episodes. But Game Ready is on YouTube. There's a series called Game Ready, Mm -hmm. and if people want to find out a little bit about culture. about demand and what some of the practice situations and the drama that goes into what the girls go through I'm sure a lot of teenage girls would appreciate this if they have not seen it Mm -hmm. Um, but um, it goes in depth with some of the things that our girls deal with on a daily basis it's like a reality series um, but it's on YouTube and Lou's done a good job of putting this together people if they want to look at culture they might want to watch that. It's called Game Ready. It's on YouTube. You can post up the first two episodes. They're on there now. The next one's coming out soon. Game Ready. But uh, it's 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 just really interesting for people from a different area to watch the culture of California. Um, mm-hmm. There's uh, they go in depth. You'll see some of the Crone Angel stuff on there. The, the Mercados, um, our team, the Firecrackers. There's a lot of people involved in mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. And, uh, and and you'll see it and it, it, it's very interesting to watch, but, uh, that's going on. Our sports getting exposed more, uh, Rob, yeah, as you yeah, know, yeah. And, uh, the TV ratings, um, work, um, and it's exciting. It's a faster game. Our game is a little bit quicker. They can fit it in a, a, a better window on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, it's emotional. It's different. And, uh, and, and I'm excited for the growth of it. It's going to be good. We got good people growing out of the sport and getting into it. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully that, uh, our pro game gets a little bit fixed um, I, I wish you know when I coached the pride I um, I got to be around some incredible people I wish the pro game would get um, attached and, and grow and do the right things and, and, and be done well because um there's some incredible athletes that are playing softball at their prime that people don't get to watch enough and i think that people would enjoy it but uh, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother
2: podcast <laughs> <laughs> sure is and i got a lot to say about yeah. that <laughs> yeah yeah all right man well i yeah. appreciate you coming on the show um thank you i'm looking forward to bumping into you a couple of times this year
0: oh i'm sure yeah i'm, I'm sure, sure we will we'll be out in the summer <laughs> Be yep. well be and s- take care. And be, uh, be I know you get to work there in New York. We have a team there, and uh, Mark has a uh, team, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they progress.
2: I will tell you that they are—they actually went down to uh, Orlando and did really—and uh-huh. actually did really well. Yep. I think some of the things that you yep. know, some of the the uh, adversity that he's gone through is helping him to grow as a person and as a coach and as a, a and as an administrator yeah, <laughs> um and, yeah. and i believe that um they will they will figure out the model that can work in new york city because new york city is a very unique uh place in terms of the demographic yeah. of people and what they want out of sports and what they want out of life so you got to kind of make uh-huh. it so that it fits but it also enables other people from other places to still be a part of it too so i think that's kind of the direction that he's going to have to go in to be successful and um, yeah, and like I said, you know, he got—I got his back. You know, I'm, I'm, I've been trying to give him a little bit of counsel and, and get over there when I can to help with the player development and just set this bar, like the standard. Okay, girls, let's let's go. You know, let's bring it. You know, well, so.
0: I- I'd like more teams, and and that's an area I want to get into. I, because mm-hmm. um, there's just it's just an interesting dynamic. I'm getting to speak with Mark a little bit mm-hmm. um, about how it's developed, and and, and I'm anxious. So I'm really happy that you're there working with them because it gives them that different perspective that mm-hmm. that the competitiveness that uh, you know they need to be exposed to. And I think it's it's gone real well. It has. But I appreciate you working with them.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, okay, man. So All right. we'll catch up.
0: Thank you and uh, good luck and uh, hopefully I'll see you this summer.
2: Absolutely. Be safe.
0: Okay. See
1: ya. All right.